Do you want the kids in your music program to be so excited about music making that they come early to church on Sunday mornings? Annie Stevens-Gleason knows something about getting kids to church. She directs three bands that cover the contemporary service at her church, one for 5th through 8th graders, one for high schoolers, and one for adults. And for the musicians, that means rehearsing on Saturday afternoons, showing up quite early on Sunday mornings, and practicing the music at home and maybe with their private lesson teacher. And before all you classical musicians who lead traditional services turn off this episode, wait, this episode is primarily about the model that she uses, the way that the musicians form an ensemble. We're not really talking about a particular music style. And secondly, if you're thinking, well, I don't do that top 40 hit stuff, I want you to know that Annie actually starts with the hymnal. In fact, she's encouraging us to start with the songs that the congregation and musicians already know. And finally, Annie's background is in classical voice. So we're talking about this band model from the perspective of how classically trained musicians can learn how to do this and why. This is Music and the Church, a podcast about thinking bigger in our faith, our ministries, and our churches. I'm Dr. Sarah Bariza, and I'm the Minister of Music at the First Congregational Church of St. Louis. I know Annie from my time as the interim organist at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Annie Stevens-Gleason is the Minister for Liturgy and Incorporation at the church. And while I was there, I saw firsthand how well this program worked. The youth there make high-quality music, and there is a sustained interest from the musicians and the people who come to that service. For me, the big goal in learning about Annie's ministry is that I want to help young people engage more fully in their faith. So if that's the big picture goal, I'm really interested in any kind of musical model that will help me and other church leaders achieve it. What I'm really interested in in this band model is that there is room for a really wide range of skills. You don't have to be able to sing in order to participate. And if you do sing, you might have the skill to sing lead, or you might have the skill to sing melody on the refrain with a chorus of other people. And all of these roles are important in the band, and they all engage the musicians. So if you lead a band like Annie does, she gives musicians a safe place to learn and grow, which results in their confidence and excellence. If you lead a band like that, you make space for young people to be leaders in the congregation and to take ownership of their music making as young people in the church. You can find links to the resources Annie and I mention in this episode at musicandthechurch.com 28. Here's Annie Stevens-Gleason. Can you tell us about your background and how you ended up leading these bands at yeah. Redeemer? So I've been involved in this diocese since I grew up in this diocese. Uh, I started working at the camp. and I worked at Proctor Summer Camp starting in 2004. And with that, I was playing guitar and leading camp in some capacity. And then in 2009, I came to Redeemer as the youth minister and was asked to attend the banquet. Um, what is what is the banquet? The banquet is, we describe it as an experimental service, but I mean, for lack of a better term, it's a contemporary service, but liturgically, it's pretty, pretty strict. Yeah, it's right, right to. Yeah. Right to, pretty yeah. straightforward. And with that, they knew I came in with this music skill, and so it's kind of evolved into, um, I lead three bands, fifth through eighth grade band, a youth band, and adult band. And they do a Sunday rotation and lead worship and music on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. So. And then this is this is every single week this one is, of these bands is leading. Yes, yes, yeah. every every week. So like the youth band leads about twice a month? Yeah, yeah. the youth band Spike Nerd um, is twice a month. 
the young kids are once a month and the adults are once a month. Great. So, so what is your what's your background? Because you're saying, oh, they were like, oh, you have this musical background, but like what? Yeah. So I was classically trained voice. Grew up playing violin, piano. Went to college. Got a degree in music literature and theory with my instrument of voice. But living in that camp world and living in the music world, they knew that I had that skill and kind of, kind of shepherded me to, to that direction. What kind of music was happening before you began these bands? The bands were in place when I got here. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they were in place when I got here. They were not as frequent. They were not as, I don't know, as refined in some capacity. Mm-hmm. They weren't playing as often. And from that, there came the want and then the need mm-hmm. to, to continue with this. And so there's the, the banquet, the service itself, has gone through being once a month or like quarterly to... Uh, every Sunday. Uh, to program year, oh, to okay. now every Sunday going through the summer mm-hmm. and even having its own Easter service. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that, that, that there's people that come to this church that that is their primary service. Yeah. yeah. So that is their, their worship space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciated how during our confirmation service, it wasn't just me at the organ. Yeah. It was, you know, mm-hmm. both your music and my, mm-hmm. and my music. Like we had like mm-hmm. a, a combined service yeah. for our yeah. confirmation. So yeah. initially I didn't realize you were going to do things and I was like, oh. Yes. That's, no. That's that was, not for people who are being converted to go to the other side. <laughs> right. Service. Exactly. That was the that was the hope. So yeah. yeah. Um, I think it worked out. Um, so let's let's talk about what this means for the especially the children who mm-hmm. are in this. And this is like fifth grade through mm-hmm. young adult. Fifth through fifth mm-hmm. grade through about eighteen years old. Yeah. Graduate, yeah. What is graduate. what is that like? What does this do for them in the church? I think for them, so much of it is they they're leading worship and they're in this safe space where they're able to. Anything, anything they do would be wonderful, and the, the congregation would be so so proud of it, whatever it is. But because of that, they're able to perform and lead in such like a professional way mm-hmm. that I think in that space they're given the confidence to to lead and to use their skill and their talent and just praise God in a way that they wouldn't otherwise, and in a space that they're able to that they wouldn't outside of these walls. But I think giving them the confidence, they're able to then you know, go out in the world and, and be who they are in a way that they want to be. And and it seems like this also, like, gives them, I think you said, ownership of, mm, yes, of the yeah, service. Because, yeah. like, this isn't like, you know, sometimes we'll have, like, like children come and sing in the service, and it's, like, this almost, it's a performance of, like, oh, they're they're so sweet and cute, these little mm-hmm. five-year-olds. And, you know, what, you know, whatever, that's not a, I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. But it's not the same as, like, they are the people who are leading musical worship. Right. They are the people and they do it week after week after Correct. week. Correct. Yeah, yeah. This isn't this isn't even like, oh, we had a youth Sunday and then they came in and did the youth the youth thing. Mm-hmm. This is they are actually they this leave the it. service. This yeah. Is, this they, is it. <laughs> they leave the service and I think there's something to say to that that one, they they are all volunteer. Um and two, with that they take that ownership and I think with that they get the mindset of this is completely different. Like this is there's there's a responsibility that they take on that um, I think they wouldn't otherwise. And this is something where they are able to like make a lot of choices about what's going on. Because like like so I, I work with like a pretty traditional choir, and what the choir director says is the programming is the programming, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that people say, oh, we really like this song, could we do this one? Like yeah. that does happen. Um, and I you know I'll talk with Brett and I'll be like, oh, you're so nice to like take suggestions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. a, lot of people, a lot of directors are like, oh, that, that's the suggestion. Yeah, we're never gonna yeah. do that one. Yeah. <laughs> like I've heard people say that. Oh, if I know it's somebody's favorite, I won't do it because they right. won't sing it like I want to sing right. it. <laughs> right. But it seems like in this setting. 
these these kids are able yeah. to make a lot of choice even with musical style. Oh my gosh, and, yes. I don't know, programming and, songs. Right, and that, I think that's one of the coolest things that there comes a time um, within the program year that the kids, they get to a place where I just step back and I literally maybe just begin the song and step away and just let it happen. They They create such a rapport with each other that they know what they're there to do. They understand what they're doing, and their musicality is just amazing. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like, the musicality is just amazing that I'm able to just sit back and let it happen. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest gifts that, that they give is that they can do this, and they know what they're there for. And I think there's such a, such a uh, what would be the word, collaboration within each other. And that at a rehearsal on a Saturday, we get together and we're, talking about it like well what what do you think like would you like to change the lyrics of this like pronoun lyrics mm -hmm. or um song wise how do you think mm -hmm. we should do it should we slow it down should we change the tempo mm -hmm. there's just such collaboration yeah this isn't like me the organist saying this right. is the tempo because right. it is the tempo that i set right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> this, is, this is like a group uh, yeah. you have to come to consensus on this yep yep yeah. yep so i think that that is that's just a cool aspect. I, I bet you have some kids who've gone all the way from like fifth grade and are mm -hmm. now like have graduated, like have been doing this for quite a well, while. Well, we're kind of in that spot now, um, and that's that's another thing that is so great about this is that the rotation and turnover, while turnover in other other cases is sometimes hard to deal with, mm -hmm. turnover yeah. in this case You're is like just, oh no somebody moved away somebody moved away oh, now no. what do we do I, I've set it up in such a way that. There's, it's like a feeder program from the mm -hmm. fifth or eighth grade yeah. into the the senior high group that they come in and then this whole thing just blooms differently and that the 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 whole identity of the group just keeps evolving continually yeah. and I bet the musical style yeah. also is evolving yeah yeah completely and and with, with the musical style changing you know a couple of years ago we were totally into Foo Fires and we had like a lead guitarist and he was like you know, soloing away and going into it. And now we have a cellist and we, you know, go straight down the Mumford Road and, like, mm -hmm. just, just... You have that, what is that instrument that's... that's uh, Shruti Box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Shruti Box, that's definitely come into the... That's part of who they are. Mm -hmm. um, just creating... This group likes to create atmosphere. Yes. Um, oh, they do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> but that, I mean, that, that's, that's also, like, like in line with, like, where contemporary where worship we are is right in general. Now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, that's not, that's not surprising. And, I, and yeah, I don't know. The, the, the identity is just so... Do you, do you have a sense of, like, what this means for these kids in terms of, like, their Christian faith? And um, I don't want it to sound like, oh, here's here's a checkbox. Have, have, these, have these kids continued going to church once they went to college? But do you have a sense of, like, whether this, this is... Um, something that is shaping them long-term. I'm, I'm sure yeah, it does because yeah. this is a big part of their right. life. It's a but... big, yeah, it's a big part. I think that what I'm able to see is, so say I, I choose a secular, like a pop piece, and we're looking at it and I'll ask, why do you think I chose this? Like, why Why are we singing this today mm -hmm. or this, this Sunday? And what does it relate to what we're doing? So mm -hmm. a lot of, of our conversation when we, when we sing a piece is making that secular sacred mm -hmm. and what does that look like and I would imagine or I would hope I don't really I'm not really completely sure but m my hope would be that they are able to take that with them and what that looks like I'm not really sure I mean the, the cool thing is that I do have still connections with folks and I think that that connection and that relationship mm -hmm. is something that that is continual as far as their faith life I'm not 
completely positive. I don't really have any true connection with that, but I, I think I would think that they're they're more intentional and thoughtful around around music or around because it it would just seem seem that like the liturgy shapes us, and if you're coming and not just like sitting in yeah. the liturgy but being the leaders of mm-hmm. a huge portion of the liturgy, you are shaped by it. And of course, yeah. like I know organists who've been playing in Joshua Episcopal Church for decades yeah. who are like, I don't believe in God. So like, you know, like, <laughs> right. I, I'm not saying, I'm right. not saying that this, that the, the, the liturgy itself is, is going to override other, other right. things necessarily. But at the same time, like if this is like where you're growing up, like your life yeah. is being shaped by, right. oh, completely. Like, your life is shaped by what you do and right. your beliefs are shaped by what you do. Right. And I think that even goes back to that ownership of the space is that like they have such an investment and, and I don't know if that's the right language, but they have this investment mm-hmm. where I have to at least be thinking about things to to do this and to put myself into this. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about for for musicians who are thinking, oh, I I would like to do this, or the people in my church would like me to do this, mm-hmm. and I would like to remain employed, um, or, right, or whatever right. whatever the reasons are for potentially starting something like mm-hmm. this. Can we talk about like how you would think you might could start something like this, mm-hmm. and then and then let's talk about the actual practicalities of how you run yeah. these three different. Bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me. From my experience, I, I come from an Episcopal church background. I, I'm familiar with hymns. I'm familiar with Teze. I'm familiar with Iona. I wasn't really completely familiar with like a lot of the contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. familiar with camp music. So a lot of it for me was maybe taking hymns and changing time signatures or mm-hmm. um, doing some paperless music and teaching. I think that connection um, with, with the music to the the congregation so it's more tangible mm-hmm. and not like breaking that what is it, fourth wall mm-hmm. yeah. um breaking that fourth wall also gives the congregation ownership over the music yeah it but, sounds like what you're saying is like if you're if you're thinking about starting you can think about songs that the congregation already knows yes. and playing them with a different musical accompaniment correct and yeah. i think and i think that in its simplest form is what can change the whole atmosphere or 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 service in and of itself mm-hmm. um and taking that music in that way, I think, is an easy place to start. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's, that, I don't know if that would be it, but that is something that is viable. Like, mm-hmm. taking hymns that people know. I mean, because we all want to sing, like, Come Thou Found. Mm-hmm. As you- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Annie and I have played Come Thou Found together. <laughs> Everybody wants to do Come Thou Found. And why not stick it on a guitar? Yeah, and yeah. and that. So I think I think making it accessible is is mm-hmm. key. It's not it's not like that. You have to jump right into let's let's sing some contemporary song that nobody in the congregation necessarily knows unless they listen to oh contemporary gosh. worship music on well, Spotify. It, that's another tangent because then it just turns into performance and so yeah. much of can yeah. at least my my feeling as far as contemporary Christian music, and it's it's kind of going the other direction now to mm-hmm. the you know the. The yeah, organic grassroots, crunchy type of stuff. It's 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 tricky. Like I follow like worship leader forums mm-hmm. online, and um, sometimes people will be complaining about like, oh, this new song, like no one's participating. And I'm like, because it's a new song and nobody knows it. <laughs> right, that's the exact thing. So I think if you start with something familiar, not that you should never sing new music, but like, right. there's a, I think in congregational singing, there's a a way to do it where it's a slow um, yep. implementation of new songs right. and not 
oh, all new music, yay! Well, and then the other thing is keeping it consistent. Is that like even if you just do it one Sunday mm -hmm. for you, you might be so tired of it because you rehearsed it and practiced it. But for the congregation, that's four minutes that they that's, right. a fresh, fresh, fresh for them. Right. So like, why not do it for four weeks and keep it something mm -hmm. that's consistent? Mm -hmm. And and that's something that as far as seasonally, I'll do it in the the banquet as well. Is that we'll keep something. And I know we do that with service music and, mm -hmm. a, and a lot of other things, mm -hmm. but like, what if we do the same processional song? Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we do that in the right. in the traditional service right. too, where it's like the same gospel hymn for right. the liturgical right. season. Right, and and I think I think that is also a stumbling block for some people is that we think that creating and being a creative church musician is like mm -hmm. always getting this new music and mm -hmm. creating all mm -hmm. this new stuff, but. They That's, really just want to yeah. sing the songs they know yeah. and sing the songs they know. But then if you want a new song, take that time. Take that time to teach it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's one of the biggest things is mm -hmm. is teaching songs. How do you teach songs? So I participated in a, a workshop, I guess it would be, is music that makes community mm -hmm. is what it's called. So, so much of it is taking very simple songs and taking simple phrases and just getting the congregation used to the language of, you know, like leading it you know, giving the, the phrase to lead and then them replying back and saying... Like call and response? Call and response. Um, so, you know, there's the call and response. Uh, they have their own refrain with a different verse sung by somebody else. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah but, like the cantor congregation. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, then just kind of canon or repetitive type of music were the three things that we, we kind of looked at mm -hmm. within that space. Mm -hmm. But being able to even break that down with other songs mm -hmm. as far as um, it, may, it might be a Tizé piece and mm -hmm. what, what that looks like for a spiritual and, mm -hmm. and getting a refrain that people can really grab onto. I want to go back to this this idea of like we're repeating the same hymn, say mm -hmm. six weeks in a row or mm -hmm. whatever, four weeks of Advent, whatever it is. I would imagine that for a band who's going to play it, you know, once or three or four times or whatever, depending on how often this band rotates through, right. I wonder if, like, do they take that as an opportunity for them to be like, ooh, well, let's try something different or let's completely, do... Completely. Completely. So, yeah. and and the, the nature of working in a church and with volunteers is that you have different people every week. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So, Spike Nard will come in on the first Sunday and do their version of the Kyrie. Mm -hmm. The young kids will come in the next week and do their version. Mm -hmm. And then the adult band will come in the next week and do their version. So mm -hmm. they, that we're lucky in that sense that they're able to give that variety. Just yeah, and that you have that many people. Right, and mm -hmm. just by the nature of how it's set up. Yeah. I think changing of instrumentation is something that can, can just completely change it. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's the person changes the instrumentation or the band changes mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. case. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that keeps it fresh. I think it yeah. keeps it. Sometimes we'll do, um, well, you know, add a verse every week. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, you know, we'll do the first verse and we'll do that repetitively the first time. And then the so next help people get the, mm -hmm. the tune. Yep. Yeah. And then the next week we'll add in, we'll add in verses as we go. And, 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 I mean, as I say, we're in a unique position because of the three different bands that it keeps it kind of fresh every mm -hmm. week with yeah. different faces doing it and different yeah. voices doing mm -hmm. it, yeah. um, different instruments doing it. I so. can do a lot of writing on the organ or the piano, but not that much writing. <laughs> right, <laughs> so exactly. I can't have a different face. <laughs> right. Right. Completely. So do the, do the bands rehearse every single week each week, like all three bands every week? 
Um, the bands rehearse on the Saturday before, before their Sunday. Okay. And, and it's kind of, it's been pretty cool, and this kind of lends itself to the, the other aspect of the youth bands is the young kids, the 5th through 8th grade, they've gotten to a place where they know the music. Mm-hmm. To, they used to rehearse twice a month. They now rehearse once, once a month because they have, enough. They have that repertoire cool. and that, that, that library of, of what they know. And one of the coolest things for me to experience is, so at the end of the year, the older kids get super busy mm-hmm. and they're all like falling away and coming in and doing what they can or just coming Sunday morning. But those young kids are there. And they get that chance to come to the surface mm-hmm. and, and lead and, and, and really, you know, take that ownership where they're, these high school seniors are going to be gone. So they, mm-hmm. they have to they have to yeah. live in yeah. that space. Yeah. So it's just the nature. Oh, that's great. It's really cool. Yeah. It's just really cool to see that happen. And that's kind of the space that we're in right now. Yeah. Which is really fun to see. So. I, I bet it's hard, though, like, to have a rehearsal on Saturday. Like, I'm, I'm pretty uh, protective of my Saturday time. So I bet that that's, like, so something that you have to manage. There is flexibility. Like, you have, yeah. to, you have to be flexible um, and meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. And whoever's there on that Saturday kind of gets to take the lead on that Sunday, and others are able to come in Sunday morning. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I would. Oh, okay. That, that is, I. Well, especially because, like, with a band, like, you, you might have, like, Eight vocalists singing yep. the same line, so like someone can can drop in as needed. Correct, and so I, th- for me, I've always looked at my position as I will never turn anybody away, even on a Sunday morning. We're gonna make it work with what we have. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be mad that I don't have a drummer on a Sunday morning because it's just a different acoustic it's just sound. What it turns into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I think with that, it's it's there's flexibility. Can we talk about, for people who are classically trained, oftentimes we tend to focus on just the one instrument that we know. And we might play with an ensemble, but we're with people who know how to play their own instrument. Mm -hmm. I'm not having to tell the violinist, well, here's how you need to fix Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're doing. So how, like, I'm imagining, okay, if I I ever started a band like this, Mm -hmm. like, I have a little bit of knowledge about guitar, and I have, you know, a general knowledge Mm -hmm. of instruments, but I'm not, I don't have enough knowledge to, like, troubleshoot whatever the flutist is doing and be like, oh, you need to change your fingering. Right. So how do you, like, do you work with private lesson teachers that the the children Um, already have? How do you work with that? I have worked with private lesson teachers, and the hope is that these kids would have their music beforehand that they could take it okay so do you you give them written out things or are they improvising or is it both both okay all, both and okay. so i bet the, for some children they need exactly written right. out right so i started learning flute two years ago right that i need kind this of thing. and that's yeah. the thing is that if if we have a, a young musician who's just you know early on in their learning of their instrument will be very specific in what I'll be very specific in what I want them to play because they don't have the that musicality. Yet yeah, they to, don't have the skill set. The yeah. skill to, to mm-hmm. get there. And so much of it is simplicity mm-hmm. um, that I have no idea, you know, what to do with the flute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? So um, I... I uh, but you have the music ready for them to take their teacher. Because none of... No, right. Like, probably for the vocals, not all of them take voice lessons. But basically, all of these children are taking music lessons. Correct. And and I will say one of the... the Piano is one that I know that a lot of kids will take their camp songbook with them mm-hmm. and play through that with their teacher. If oh, they're good. lucky to have a teacher that will, will do that with mm-hmm. them. And so much of it... So we have a cellist, and she is to the point where she she could improvise or play by ear. Oh, or Or... I'll just give Which her... is probably a skill that she's been developing specifically Correct. in band. Yeah, I mean, Suzuki, Suzuki you know. trained, wanting mm-hmm. to come into this space, wanting to do this, wanting to sing, wanting to play, all of it. Mm-hmm. So she's coming in, and I'll say, 
I'm kind of thinking, like, what if you just did the root of those chords all the way way up? Or, oh, and she could do that. And she could yeah, do that. That's cool. Um, so, like, if I gave her a lead sheet with a chord, like, you know, she's just playing that okay. root. And, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of, it's definitely both and. There's times if I'll just give a line to, like, a trumpet or something. Like, we'll go mm-hmm. through that together and figure out what we need. They're so into it that, like, they'll sit down and, like, you know, they're going to write it out themselves. And there's, it's, it. I don't know, they just, they're so into it, and it goes back to that ownership that that they want to make this what they can, or they'll mm-hmm. go through it and try it, and then I know a lot of times these kids will listen to, like, will go through the offertory on a Saturday, and they will go home and, like, just listen to that song on repeat, mm-hmm. and then... Oh, so you're, you're also giving them recordings, so yeah, like, here's, yeah. what, here's what we're going for. Here's what we're doing, yeah. and... Yeah. Do you do vocal tracks for the book lists? Um, not really. Okay. In other iterations of the band, you know, there's others that have been better just harmonizing on their own and finding it yeah. or like I'll find a harmony we do a lot of it or orally so like yeah. if I find you're a harmony learning it by rote and you're yep, teaching them yep, yeah yeah yep. so I'll go ahead and and find that harmony line and give it to them mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really cool with the kids because they will just go with whatever mm-hmm. whatever you give them and I bet as, as kids it's also easier to say things like you need to tune your guitar again like I've sometimes worked <laughs> yes. with adults who like took personal offense at the fact that I pointed out that their guitar yep. was out yep. Like, yeah, oh, I, you, know, you, you try to manage it and just be, like, really gentle mm-hmm. and not, like, oh, it's your fault. Be like, oh, you know, a little bit higher. A little bit higher. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's... But I met with, but with kids because they're still in, like, a, mm-hmm. you know, I have teacher teacher's mode. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, completely. And, and they're such, such, yeah. They're a joy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you find songs that you're going to, new, new songs that you're going to sing? Like, I know you have, like, the hymnody, you have your bass repertoire. How do you decide what Well, what there's actually, do? I lean on two blogs pretty hard. One is, um, you call that church music, and then, then singing from the lectionary. Okay, I don't know. I, th- I think that's the title, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And she's, ha- she has a, a three-year cycle of everything, and... On my end, I, I basically have a three-year cycle of music since the banquet's been something that's been... Mm-hmm. Like, and three-year specifically because, like, there's the revised kind of lecture that runs on the yep, three-year yep. three cycle. Yeah, yeah lectionary-based music that I lean on for myself pretty hard because I'll just go back and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you build Well, you build a resource for yourself. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think as far as this music, that's the hardest thing mm-hmm. is because um, I will go through... I'll, I'll, you know, type in a single... A single keyword into like iTunes and just listen to all these songs, and mm. or I'll go into Spotify and think like, what am I listening? Like, what are we looking for here? Do you um, pay attention to like top forty Christian hits or no nope. th- those kinds of things? Not nope. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there's some of it that I'll look to, but or are kids coming in and saying, oh, I heard this song, I want to do it, or that's happened. It doesn't happen too frequently. Um, if 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 like rehearsal's not going well on a Saturday, I'll be like, "Well, what do you guys want to sing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you sing? What do you sing instead of this piece that's not working out so hot?" Right, exactly. So, <laughs> I have I have no attachment to anything, and I just want them to be comfortable. How are how do you new people join the band? Like, is it do do you audition? Do you I have is had, it just word of mouth? They see other kids up there and they think, "Oh, I want to do that." How does that work? So word of mouth definitely. Um, they see the kids. I do ask them to play for me before mm-hmm. they come in play or sing, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, and with that, I'm able to give them direction in a way that they are the best that they can be. Um, What what does that mean? So, I won't mic certain guitars, but they get to play type of thing. Oh, okay. Um, That's a good strategy. Yep. 
turn well we use mics so there they can sing but since we have the ability I can turn their mic down okay a little bit and I, I want to put them in the best place that they will succeed yeah. and and for the best but also like so that there are other people around them aren't pulled off by them not singing correct correctly. right and so the thing like if they're able to if they're surrounded by somebody they're given that confidence. That's one of the things that I think is most important. Have you ever had it, the case where like someone wanted to sing or play, and you're like, oh, there's such a wide gulf between where they are and where the band is? Um, you, you said like, let's find another way for you to use your gifts, or which is uh, the, the fancy way of saying no. no right, <laughs> right. Um, not necessarily. Um, trying to think if I've really come across that. Not really. I'm just thinking because occasionally in adult choirs, you have someone who genuinely can't sing in tune, like and right. and. It's not a wise thing to put them in the car because they pull the whole right. choir aside. I think yeah. I think by the nature of the band, they know that there's not much hiding that can happen. Mm. That I mean, you can also put them on something that's much more simple if they need to. Correct. Like they can they can play the what is the, what's that the shruti box the shruti 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 box guys. This is going to be on the show notes. The end of the resources. Yeah. Um. So I. And that yes, no, that's exactly okay. what it is. Yeah. It's giving them, giving them a jumbe, or giving them a shooty box, or giving them mm-hmm. um, coming in on all the the. Or they have the chorus. They sing them with the chorus. They sing the chorus. So they right. the solo. Okay. Correct. That is exactly. That's, it. And that's actually something that seems really appealing about having a band format rather than a choir. In addition to a choir, because with a choir, like people do need to be at a similar skill set, mm-hmm. or at least able to be a little bit higher because because um it's not like the alta part is so much easier than everybody else's right. part or whatever like you, right. you can't you can't just say oh you only sing on the chorus because mm-hmm. it's a choral right 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 and that's the thing is that so much of the choir is just everybody with that that yeah yes they yeah. can't just sing on the chorus part because yeah. you're but, but you can do that but you can do that with a band right yeah. right because yeah. you're, you're you are actually creating your arrangements every every sunday yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah yep and i think that that I mean, I, I do that, that sometimes with, like, beginning instrumentalists. So I'll be like, we have the simplest hymn in the hymnal, mm-hmm. and you're going to play this mm-hmm. four-note melody, mm-hmm. and great, and I put and it in this go. key for you. Exactly. <laughs> and I will improvise the piano. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And it's kind of, that, that's a, you know, that, that can be a joy. Well, and that, the other thing is that going back to the, the blending with with the mixing board and everything, mm-hmm. that's something that has to happen no matter what. Who is, who is running the mixing board? Because this is also something that I can see as, like, so I'm imagining, like, barriers for someone, like, with my training but like generally a church musician who's like well I know how to run the organ I know how to run the piano mm-hmm. I know how to lead a choir or whatever mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to run a mixing board like the, do you have someone else who does that or have you learned how to so do that? So I had to teach myself how to do this okay. I did take some electronic music classes. Actually my husband knows how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay high school <laughs> like music theater. Right, exactly so I took uh, I took one so year. You took a workshop or? I took electronic music one year in college okay. so I uh, like the leveling and that type of thing was something that I learned in there but as far as the mixing board itself, I just had to read and watch videos and, and figure it out. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. There was a there's a lot of YouTube watching in the, with with my taking on of the service. Like you know, so the, the I feel like the takeaway here is if you're thinking about starting a band that's mic'd, you need to build that into your hours of mm-hmm. you know, if, depending on what your employment yeah. is and whether you're full time well, or part time. This this right. needs to be something that is considered. And if a church is trying to say to a musician that they've hired for 10 hours a week, we want you to start the band. Well, they need to build a lot of continuing education hours into, yeah. into that. Yeah, and I think so much of, like, right now, we I have a, a there's an assistant in the service, um, and he's in there basically just making sure 
because something that may come up is that the mixing board, so the band is on one mixing board, mm -hmm. and the other mics are on their own amps. Mm -hmm. So that would be like like the the, the preacher, the, the preacher. so the yeah, preacher yeah. and the readers are on a different amplifier, and the the band is in their own mixing board. Great. Okay. So okay. Um, so is he like switching back and forth? There's no switching. They're both oh, okay. on. They're okay. both on the same time. There's no leveling that happens during, during the, the service. service. Okay, great. We just stick with the level at the beginning. I, I would imagine in a perfect world and, and as far as like um, feedback issues that we've had in the service, an ideal world is that we would have somebody that could like bring up the channel, like bring up the board and bring it um, mm -hmm. and bring down the the priest mics, but yeah. that's yeah. not a place that we're in. And, and yeah. um, but that's but that's actually theoretically something that you could train a high schooler to do because like like this is I mean that's where my husband likes to do it. Like, so yeah, yeah, no, and yeah. that that created a whole ministry of itself when we started doing the service on powerpoints. Mm. Yeah, it was early on when I was here. It was before I took over the bands that we went to. We used to have a yeah a bulletin, a, a printed bulletin, printed yeah. bulletin, um, and we went to PowerPoint. And we had some kids. I had a kid that was super obsessed with Max. And I was like, well, if he's obsessed with Max, there has to be some other kids. So we got an iMac. And then the next thing you know, these kids just want to be over there so they can touch it. So we created this AV ministry mm -hmm. that they're scheduled on a rotation on Sundays. And they're all, uh, we have one adult right now, actually two adults. But for the most part, it's high schoolers. And they come in and they click the button. Mm -hmm. And um, which is also helping them to get to know the liturgy better because mm -hmm. you, you do have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to pay attention. Uh, everybody knows if you don't advance the slide. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some of it also is uh, a lot of the kids that are over there are also in the bands and they understand they know the songs. Mm -hmm. So oh, okay. and they That's cool. they'll they'll understand like and that's another way for children to lead in worship. Mm -hmm. Oh, completely, you know? completely. Youth to lead in worship, and yeah. and and I there's been adults that have said. Oh, Kids, I don't want them to serve over there. I'd rather them be acolytes. I was like, we need this. We need this too. <laughs> this is, this is also important. I mean, and acolytes are important. They're all everybody's all important, important. But this yeah. is also important. Like, if this is something your kid wants to do, by all means, like I, yeah, I would yeah. love for them to be over there. So, mixing board and the mics and everything is definitely something I had to do myself. Like, mm -hmm. it was, it wasn't any skill that I came yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and you know, we have this assistant now, and it's, well, what do you need to tell them to do? And it's like, I. I can tell him this much, but so much of it is I, I like, learned by... Yeah, it's like if he doesn't already have that skill set, like that's another, okay, continuing education, mm -hmm, and that's a lot of mm -hmm. hours. and Yeah, and, and learning that, and, and so much of it is... And if um, the church has resources, you can hire someone who has that, you know... Right, right. Um, runs things for a theater or whatever, but right, that's also, right, right. you know, another another mm -hmm. chunk of the, the budget okay. bucket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, another thing to pay for. So. Do, you, do you have any other, um, someone who wants to start a church church band this is what they should know like anything else like wisdom that you gained over all these years anything else that you think of not necessarily but like flexibility is the biggest thing and as and and speaking to like a classical musician your skill is needed like that that's something well, your that, technique is all there you gotta yeah, you gotta have exactly, that <laughs> it's exactly like it's it's you just gotta jump in you just gotta just gotta do it and and I told myself when I went into that space I never thought I never thought I would be doing that service as like a traditional Episcopalian growing up, and I never thought I'd be ah, in that. But hymnal 1982, right there. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I, I told myself, I was like, "You're gonna make this the best thing it can be, no matter what it is." And so I think, I think for me, is creating 
like creating that intentionality, giving that ownership and being flexible and making it the, like making this the best thing and everyone to succeed is what I would. I have one more question, uh-huh. which is you mentioned that you sometimes pull in secular pieces and you talk with the kids about like, well, why, why, how does this relate to the readings? How does this relate to the service? Like what sort of process do you go through in deciding what quote unquote secular music you're going to use? Like you have a lot of training in the Episcopal tradition. So like you have a good understanding of Episcopalian theological views. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not Episcopalian. So like when I, when I'm choosing music in a denomination, who's like nitty, nitty gritties, mm-hmm. I'm not as familiar with, yeah. I'm like really careful right. because I'm like, I don't know exactly, exactly what they believe right. about like salvific atonement whatever right. you know, like, I have to be really careful yeah. but so like I understand that you have a lot more specific right. understanding of a denomination but I'm curious like how do you decide what secular music to use that's a good question I'll listen to something and whether it be on the radio or it comes up other some other way or a CD I've listened to for a million years I try to listen to the song I know so much of uh, songwriting and 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 a song is storytelling but thinking of what if somebody else was speaking this or what if, um, what if I put this song in the context of Good Friday? Or um, so specifically, I was I was thinking about like we've done the Scientist by Coldplay during I think it was Palm Sunday. We've done it before, and so much of that like I'll, I'll think of well, who is a person within this story that would like need to say I'm sorry or like feeling bad or or whatever it may be. And sometimes when that comes to me, I, I'll keep a running list of songs that, that I hear them and like, oh, that would be great for this, mm-hmm. or that would be great for this, and kind of taking it from that angle of dropping it in a different world, I guess. I, I, I don't know the best What way. is it? What, is, what are the so, um So... That tell me you're sorry. Yeah, so come up to me, you tell, tell you I'm sorry. You don't know how lovely you are. I had to find you, tell you I need you, tell you I set you apart. But then... The chorus is nobody said it was easy. It's such a shame for us to part. So my when I when I talked to the kids about this, we talked about Peter and Jesus mm. and and what that looks like in betrayal and in separation. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of so those yeah. familiar songs that that you know and what it looks like just changing that context. And I know we do that a lot with with a well, lot I of. I mean, music. in some churches, like we do that with poetry. Exactly. Exactly. So or art or yeah. art or, or visual art. Yes, exactly. Um, that's kind of how I've I've gone along, like gone with that, and I've been doing that ever since I was in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm listening for it all the time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> that is like always in the back of your mind whenever you're always like, doing in the back listening. of my mind for sure. The collective soul shine mm-hmm. is a is one that you I heard that a million times growing up in I don't know eighth grade ninth grade whatever it was maybe mm-hmm. earlier. Think of it now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there is so much light talk that like mm-hmm. we could. This is this is it. Like yep. this is something we can do. So yeah, cool. that's how that happens. Thank you for this conversation. <laughs> You're this welcome. It's been really lovely to You're talk, welcome. and I'm, I've learned a lot. I hope it. I hope it was helpful. <laughs> I'm sure there's a million things that that uh, we could we could keep talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, for but. sure. Thanks to Annie Stevens Gleason for this conversation today. You can find links to the resources we mentioned in the show notes for this episode at musicandthechurch.com slash 28. You can get in touch by emailing me at musicandthechurch at gmail.com. And you can sign up for the Music and the Church newsletter at musicandthechurch.com. I send it out every month, and it is full of interesting stuff to think about. I'm Sarah Breeza, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Music and the Church.